Hi, I'm Session, and you're listening to Patch Cable, the Content Creators Podcast. And this week, I have the distinct pleasure of speaking with Mr. Grant Holt. Grant is an independent filmmaker and prolific radio host here at Kenyon College. He's released some fantastic films like Brecky and Desert, and he's also the creative director of Persimmons Magazine. You can catch him every Saturday night on a jolt of fault on WKCO. Grant, welcome to the show. Sajun, thank you for having me on, man. Uh, this is so good. This is so cool. Um, again, I just want to start by saying the set we have here is so fantastic. Uh, we're wearing headphones. <laughs> and headphones for me are really what make this so professional. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, with, with my podcast, we have one Yeti mic, no headphones, and we just sit around my carpet uh, gathered around this microphone. Well, you know, that's a, that is one thing, though, yeah. is people will make it work, and yeah. you've definitely made it work. I've tried. I've tried. Um, and if you can get your host, or your your, your guest, rather, yeah. uh, to feel comfortable, totally. then you can get a really good performance out of them. I, I think so. And that's that's kind of tricky, though. Yeah. Especially, you know, I think it, with Aftershocks, it's easy to get people comfortable and, and talking when you've got a good group of people. Mm-hmm. It's why um, having our good friend Isaac Sage on sure. for most episodes. He's such a very sort of friendly uh, guy. He really just like gets people comfortable, gets them chill and uh, lets them speak easily. Yeah. Isaac is really a free flowing character. Oh yeah. He's my spirit is. animal as far as I'm Abs- concerned. Oh, <laughs> much, honestly, no, he's, he's great to have in the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just makes, it makes uh, editing these things so much easier. Yeah. Cause and I, fun. I have to listen through every single episode. Yeah, and finally. Yeah. And just like hearing his voice, it makes it so entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's get started. You went uh, from desperately trying, yes. I'd say, to get your radio spot yeah. here on, on campus uh, to being an executive staff member of the WKCO station. How did that happen? What, what was kind of the process of that? So um, I had always been interested in doing college radio. It was always something that uh, I was told I should do. Because people keep telling me I've had this radio voice. That's that's what I keep hearing. I don't know if it's true. But um, it was something I sort of always asked about uh, touring colleges, you know. Uh, I would see all these sorts of, these different stations. And um, when I came to Kenyon and learned about WKCO, uh, it was one of the first things I did here. Um, as soon as they announced the first, um, you know, interest meeting to discuss the process of getting a show, um, I showed up. And that was about it. I filled some. I did some paperwork too. <laughs> so you basically, you basically just walked in and said, "Yeah, can I have a can I have a show yeah. spot?" I was very. I took the initiative, man. Honestly, uh, but after that, once I had my time slot, I had my show going. Um, uh, joining the executive staff was also just a matter of showing up to the executive staff meetings. <laughs> uh, it's really all about demonstrated interest. You, you didn't. Yeah. Really do? You just showed up, basically. Yeah, showing up is, it's really, you know how they say showing up is half the battle? Yeah. In WKCO, showing up is the entire battle. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. So so you say that, you you basically just showed up. Yeah. Um, Where did, I guess, where did you kind of, you become such a prolific figure. I do quite a bit. um, In the radio space. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've, we've seen... All of your like uh, posters, your posters all around social campus. Media. Um, yeah. you, you have a very strong social media presence as well. Yeah. We, we see all of it. Yeah. You know, what kind of drove this? Why, why am I doing this? Why yeah. am I crazy enough to do this? <laughs> Great question. 
Um, well, it's just because one of the things that I noticed about WKCO, about radio here at Kenyon, is not many people listen. You know, there's no radios out in the public. I mean, I would kind of argue that radio is a dying art. Yeah, I think podcasting is really, it sort of revived it. It's like the next stage. Yeah. But classic radio, no one listens to the radio anymore, you know? Um, especially college students. I guess it's because when you have everything on demand. Yeah. On platforms like Spotify or... It's like, why would... And, you know, you have no control over what plays. Exactly. You know, there's really no reason But to. But there, I, there also is charm to, to public Oh, absolutely. Radio. It's, I loved radio, dude. Like, going to the, the, the station room and sitting in the nice booth with the microphones and hitting the button and being like, hello... <laughs> this is, insert name of your radio show here. There's a charm to it. It's very fun. Um, but not many people listen to it. Uh, and so that was really the driving force behind me just making all sorts of posters. I mean, and, and you have a primetime I think so. Slot. Yeah, Saturdays at 9 p.m. It's yeah. pretty good. The one da- I'm going to change it next year just because at 9 p.m. on a Saturday, most people aren't gathering around a radio. <laughs> Most people are out and about doing their thing. Um, really, so, you don't say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Believe it or not, college students don't stay in Saturday night. Uh, so next year, I'll, pr- I'll probably go for something like maybe Wednesday, seven, eight p.m. You know, Again, like, prime time. I think so too. Most people should be in their dorms doing homework. I mean, if you if you don't mind me asking, yeah. what's your listenership right now? Ooh, let's see. Well, the best we've had was when I had. Two friends of ours, Haley Napier and Katerina Yepes, both they they both do cross country, and for that show they got the entire cross country team to tune in. Wow! Yeah, it was a lot of people. So, <laughs> as as far as I know, we had at least I want to say fifty people. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it was quite it was a quite a big audience. Um, but for that was an unusually high high number. Generally, we have like I want to say fifteen twenty. So I mean that's not insubstantial. Oh, I'd agree. I'd I'm, I'll take that man. And that's as far as I know, because the way it works, you know, the the broadcast is both streamed on a couple streaming platforms and also um, broadcast through radio waves. Sure. So there's only so many people I can see. Right. But, I mean, I, I don't know of any way. I don't know if you know of a way to oh, see, like people listening on, on air. No, I don't think so. Over the airwaves. Um, it's not, it's I only mean, yeah. streaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Streaming is the only way to get exact numbers. Mm-hmm. The only, I mean, Jack, to find out who's listening on actual radios, you have to go talk to locals. Yeah. <laughs> my roommate actually was telling me the other day that he was talking to some locals at like the market, I think. And uh, they were telling about how they just love tuning into WKCO, you know, on their nights and just hearing the music. Um, so people do listen, which it's nice to know, you know, that there are listeners out there. And I mean, you also just get the weirdest songs that get played over the airwaves oh yeah oh from like all sorts of kenyan student shows yeah. we got a bit of everything dude honestly um the music we play it's so um r- wide-reaching little bit of every genre genres that i did not know even existed um yeah <laughs> give me an example oh boy let's see uh what, what's some crazy stuff a buddy of mine was listening to something called like it was like techno, electro, uh, bluegrass, techno, bluegrass. electro, bluegrass or something. Yeah. He played me a little bit. I didn't like it. <laughs> I wasn't a fan. Uh, I won't be playing any on my show, uh, which is fine. But both, both music and also just in terms of like subject matter for mm-hmm. these, for these shows, 
Um, I know, I think on Sundays, I think Sundays, at like 1 a.m. or 2 a.m., there's a show called Talking About Soup, in which people just talk about soup. I don't know how many listeners they get. It's an interesting topic, it is. to say it's, the least. It's niche. It's niche. It very much so, though. Yeah, but I think there is an audience. I, so, I, there's no denying that your favorite, one of your favorite musical artists is Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats. That's very true. I can um, confirm this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what others have you kind, uh, of, have I, kind of piqued your interest? I'm really big into uh, Sam Cooke, uh, Al Green, uh, big into Elton John, a lot of oldies. Um, but uh, I've been trying to look at new stuff recently. Like the, the, the only way I discover music is through my Spotify Discover Weekly. That's why I like Monday so much, because it means it refreshes. Um, and uh, because of that, I've been listening to, oh, let's see. I can actually check right now. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Elton John, Elvis. Um, let's see. Some older, older music. Older music. I'm also kind of big into like musical theater. Yeah. So I've been doing a couple musicals. Like I've just been listening to um, Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, yeah. Like on repeat, the entire album. Just I, yeah, I can't I, every stop. once in a while I do get into to a musical. I I got into a Navita. Okay, stage. there you go. Yeah, I yeah, got yeah. Into yeah. A South Pacific stage. Oh, dude, there you go. I, yeah, you, you get into them, you just can't leave, and pretty you're much just like I'm sick of this. I yeah. want to find a new musical. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. Um, uh, Glenn Campbell, The Dip, um, Amy Winehouse, Nat King Cole, uh, Stevie Wonder. John Batiste, Kamashi Washington. Oh, John Batiste. John Batiste, love him. Oh, great, um, great guy. Uh, let's see. I don't Gellington. Know him personally, but... Yeah. <laughs> no, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, but number one is Nathaniel Radcliffe and the Night Sweats. Uh, love him, love him, love him, love him. Those, yeah. So, recently, mm-hmm. WKCO got a new working space. We did, we um, did. What... Was the struggle with the old working space? Oh boy! Uh, so, from what I've been told, uh, about a, maybe a year or two back, WKCO had a space in um, the old buildings in the village, the place where the new buildings are right now. When it was decided that those buildings would be knocked down because of this donation, um, WKCO had to move into third floor of Pierce into this little small room uh, in the tower that was right next door to a testing center, which is not a great place for a radio station uh, if you want to play loud music, because people are taking tests. Uh, And so for most of this year, we were up there in that tower. But when they finished the new buildings in the village and um, the uh, new radio space was built, it's beneath the uh, study space that's closest to McBride, in like the sort of lower level, the basement, um... Uh, even when when they finished it, we didn't move in for quite a while because we had to move in the equipment, and um, a little bit later, the, the entire space actually flooded because <laughs> uh, there was like a lot of rain. That was not fun. Uh, I and believe, for our non-Kenyan listeners, yeah, um, do you mind ex- uh, explaining? I guess what the the a little bit more about the construction projects. Right. So in the village, the way Kenyans laid out. Um, we have a little, little, it's kind of like a little town. You know, there's a market, there's a bookstore, there's a deli, there's a coffee shop. It's a village, rather. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a village. Um, and uh, there's also 
recently we had this whole anonymous donation that uh, let us uh, construct two new studied spaces. Um, it let us make a new deli. Uh, I believe it also uh, let us make a Mexican restaurant that'll be moving in. A lot of new developments, yeah. which are very nice. I think also housing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, above the study spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, so very, very, these buildings do a, quite a bit. Um, uh, and when uh, one of the new rooms uh, in, in these new buildings uh, was a new space for, for the radio station here, for WKCO. And it was very exciting because we would be getting um, in this new space not just a new place to broadcast the station, but also a soundproof booth, um, a recording room. We have a big soundboard, uh, a big mixing board. And it's great because student bands reserve the, the soundproof booth all the time. And it's a great place to practice and record songs and produce music. Um, it's, it's a great tool uh, to have available to the student body. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great place. It's a very nice room now that we've moved in. Um, we're making it very homely. But before all this, it did flood. And uh, that was not fun. Uh, we were very, very pissed off about it. Um, you, yeah, you didn't really lose any equipment, though. No, that was before we moved, before okay. we moved in and everything. Okay. Um, but we were a little, little scared when we did move in and everything, and there's just tons of rain again. We weren't sure if we were going to be swimming again. Luckily, we did not flood, which was nice. Um, I think they, from what I understand, there was something, some sort of problem with the flood controls, the flood protections, or something. Um, but no, we're good. It's dry. Uh, yeah, no one's drowned. That's yeah. uh, that's definitely a good thing. That's you, ideal. I you think. don't want radio hosts drowning. It, it's it, kind of it would really spoil the show. It it would. Yeah, yeah. You know, the the middle of a middle of a middle broadcast. Of broadcast. Your glug 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 glug. Dude, it's not going to sound good. Honestly, <laughs> it'll mess up the audio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so l- let's transition a little mm-hmm. farther over. Yes. Uh, to uh, your work. To, to your posters. I, oh, I find yes. them very... My design work? I do quite a bit. Um, how'd this start? Well, uh, when I decided that I really wanted to go a little crazy with the marketing for Adult Vault, my radio show, um, I uh, started to use a lot of free design software that I found online, mainly Canva, which is not... It's not too professional, uh, but... For my purposes, it, I mean, it really it gets the job done. Yeah, it absolutely gets the job done, and that's really all I was going for. And so uh, I started to really uh, just make this wide range of posters uh, that I just placed all around campus. Um, and the first batch of posters that I made were very funny. My whole setup was I I would put um, fake quotes, fake blurbs about the show, uh, and have them be said by. Uh, interesting characters. Can you give us a few of them? I, let's see. Let me. So one was, um, uh, I think I said, you have a face for radio. And I said it was said by a super fan. That was a real quote, by the way, by a dear friend of ours, um, Gretchen. Shout out to Gretchen. <laughs> uh, another quote was, uh, I've never seen anything like it. And that was said by blind man Bill. It's funny because he's blind and he's saying, I've never seen anything like it. There you go. There, there you go. go. Um, and what was the other one? There was one more from uh, from Flander Chase. Yes, Flander Chase. And again, for the, our non-Kenyan listeners, Flander Chase is uh, the, one of the the founder founders. of Kenyan College. He's 
one of the, we'll say one of the big developers. He really was. He really was. Yeah. Uh, Kenyon was founded back in 1824. I think it's 1824. I'm actually not quite sure. Yeah, but <laughs> old times, old, old times. times. Yeah, before they had radio. Uh, and the other the other poster I made was uh, a quote from Philander Chase saying, "What's a radio?" It's funny because he didn't have radio when he lived. Uh, but I, I love posters like that because when people see them, um, they chuckle, they laugh, and I've had a bunch of people still, like say they love those posters. I actually had myself included. Yeah, th- <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, no, I, I way back I had um, a posted not posted a um, um, a note card slipped under my door and it was like a little little message that said love the new jolt of hold posters smiley face no name nothing still have no idea who gave me it but it's uh taped on my wall and it's like the first bit of fan mail i've I've ever gotten um so stuff like that that it sort of it makes people smile i love that stuff that's it's what i'm going for i mean again like you have this fantastic radio voice i do i do that's Uh, what people people keep telling me that (laughs) i don't know what they're talking about honestly (laughs) Um, what, what is it like to, you know, you walk around campus, mm, mm. you say something yes. and people are like, that's you. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's fun just cause, uh, I feel like most people don't expect it. Nobody really expects me to sound like this. Um, and so when they, when I do sort of talk to people and they hear me, um, it's, it's very much, um, I think they just like get a kick out of it, you know. Uh, and I think, the funny thing is, like, your parents don't talk like this. No, they either. talk very normally, man. <laughs> They're very normal people. Good people. Good people. Love my parents. Um, but not really wonderful. Yeah, the, 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 national the, treasure. Yeah, you've met them. <laughs> I yeah. have. Yes. Um, no, they don't talk like, like me at all. And so that's also it. Sort of just catches people off guard because they hear me and they're like, "What's your where's your accent from?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Do I have an accent? I don't know if I do." I guess uh, we all do have that. I don't know where it came from. <laughs> I don't know where it came from, but I've got one. Um, but no, it's fun. And also, it's just, I think, um, I'm a very social person. Uh, and for, you know, for communicating with people and uh, being friendly, I feel like um, I'm able to just uh, sort of uh, uh, reach out to people and engage with them uh, in a way that uh, is a little more, like, compelling, a little more... Um, uh, uh, effective. Um, at least I hope so. I mean, because well, people do listen. They do. They do. I hope so. Uh, switching back to a little more of the design work. Yeah. I I heard that you actually got hired or oh yes, or your a couple work was gigs. solicited. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, what, what's that all about? So um, the first gig that I got because of all my poster design work for Jolt of Hold was uh, given to me by Miriam Hyman. And she is a sophomore here, big into science, big into STEM. And uh, she is one of the co-founders of Lyceum, which here on Kenyon is a publication dedicated to uh, scientific writing. And that includes fiction, that includes essays. Um, it also includes art. Uh, and Miriam saw all my poster design work. She, she knew about it. And uh, she approached me and asked if I would take a stab at uh, designing a flyer for one of their contests. The contest was about Valentine's Day. Uh, they were accepting submissions for pieces about uh, how science had broken broken your heart. Um, and I, uh, I have I'm not big big on science. I'll, I'll level with you here, Ben, oh, dude. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I'm more of an artsy guy, so I really did not have too many ideas. 
But I spoke with Miriam and she uh, showed me this one safety symbol, uh, which was used to show that uh, you were like handling corrosive materials. And it, w- it was a triangle with a tipped over beaker dripping some sort of substance and it was like corroding someone's hand. Uh, and so I thought, hmm, what if we uh, take away that hand and put a heart and have the, the corrosive substance corroding the heart? Heartbreak. There it there is. There you go. <laughs> uh, so I, I threw one together, and I think it came up pretty okay. Um, it looked pretty pretty uh, legit, if I do say so myself. It's just, uh, you've gone through this kind of design process. Yeah. How many iterations did you go through? Oh, boy. Well, trying it, I looked at many versions of the symbol because there's a few few versions of it. I settled on one that I found that I thought would be most easy to replicate, and it was a uh, rounded triangle with, like, rounded edges and uh, a just a, a normal beaker. And for the heart, I could not make a heart, and so I just had to, like, take one from, like, Google Images. Uh, but it, it, it worked. Um but I sort of threw it together pretty pretty quickly. I think within a day it was done. Um, but what happened was Miriam told me what to write on the poster, like the the, the bottom text, and um, she gave me a bad URL address because they were accepting submissions online on the Lyceum like blog. Uh, but she didn't realize that, and so after I had printed. Or after she had printed like a whole bunch of these posters and had them posted all over, uh, I uh, typed in the URL hoping to go to the website, and it just gave me like a, a dead page, a dead end. And I was like, I texted Miriam saying, "Hey Miriam, that URL, that URL on the on the flyers, it's not working. It's not. It's a bad URL." And she was like, "Oh." Uh, so I she gave me the right URL, and I had to update the posters, and uh, eventually she did replace them, but. Uh, it was a little, little, little funny. So yeah, I mean, and that's one of the challenges yeah. of kind of working in this field is yeah. you are at the mercy of your clients. Totally, almost, absolutely. Because if they give you bunk something, yeah, whose problem is it really? Yeah, yeah. Um, is it your problem for not double checking before sending off to production, or is it their problem for giving you a bunk link? And I it's, mean, it's it's a really tough thing to deal with. It is. It is. Um, I I mean, I probably should have tried the URL, but I just it looked okay. I was like, I took a look at it and thought, hmm, yeah, that looks fine. Uh, I didn't really think too much about it. My big concern was just the des- design work. Uh, they're not paying me enough. Yeah, they're not paying me enough for this. <laughs> they're paying me peanuts. Uh, Literal peanuts. Literal peanuts. Yeah, yeah. You Salt. get two peanuts for every pixel. It's 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 a good trade off, I think. As a college student, I'll take what I can. Get. Oh yeah, I'll yeah. sell it for Chris twenty right now. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, it's it's a total blast. I, I love design work, um, and I'm just uh, thankful for getting the gigs that I do because of the stuff I've made. Yeah. So you've also uh, produced a couple short films. I have. I have. Um, one of. Two of my favorites are Desert mm. and Brecky. Thank you. Yeah. Um, they're wonderful. Mm. Um, so for Desert, mm. how big was that production? Oh, boy. So Desert was um, a film that I made the summer before I left for Canyon. Uh, I started writing the script, I want to say midway through senior year. Uh, and my... 
I wanted, I knew I wanted to make something, um, the summer after senior year before I left for college, just cause I love filmmaking. And so, um, uh, I sort of toyed around with a couple ideas for scripts, sort of wrote some rough, rough drafts of a few ideas. Um, but I didn't really, uh, uh, get inspired until I saw this one old clip of Alfred Hitchcock describing the concept of suspense. Um, and, uh, Oh, wait, no. Scratch that. That was for my other short film. Um, <laughs> for Desert, it was really just I wanted uh, to do some fun special effects. That's not as profound as I the am, well, okay. Sorry. Um, I mix up <laughs> my own short films. Uh, but no, for, yeah, for Desert, I just wanted to uh, uh, use some cool special effects. And uh, I, did, I did want to make something before I went left for Canyon. But uh, so I just wrote this, this sort of sci fi ish dystopian uh, script. Uh, about a exchange of something, something um, uh, valuable, like this briefcase, and it's it's night out, and there's people wearing dark clothing, and they're all wearing goggles, and um, it's very mysterious and gritty. Uh, and uh, making it was a ton of fun. I cast my friends. I had to supply all the cl- uh, costumes. Um, uh, I filmed the entire thing on my iPhone, which is a great. I great mean, tool. the production value. Was just yeah, it looks okay. To, to me, the production value, especially considering yeah, like what it was shot with, is just astounding. That's that's very kind. Um, it came out pretty okay. Uh, I'm I'm lucky because the entire thing was shot outside of my house in my like front yard. Like literally, if I took the camera and just turned to the left, you would see my house. Um, and uh, what's nice about the street that I live on is at night are streetlights they have this really cool looking orange glow. And when I saw that, I, I just thought this is where I want to shoot this movie. Is this, is, is this one of those instances where you wrote a scene yeah. after you saw the location and you're like, I know oh, the totally. perfect thing. Oh, absolutely. To shoot here. I had no idea where I was going to shoot this thing. Um, so when I was location uh, scouting, which meant uh, that how I location scout is uh, I go on runs with my iPhone and just take a look around and snap photos of places that look cool. Um, when I, when I just sort of saw that image of like a dark street with, with orange lights shining down on the, on the pavement, I thought, wow, this is very noirish. This is very cool looking. I'll just shoot it here. Um, which was very convenient too, because if I needed something, the house was just over there. Um, uh, uh, but yeah, like I said, I also cast my friends. I cast, uh, Noah Leon and Jacob Valenzuela. Um, I also, who are both great leads. Um, I knew Noah from a couple of drama productions. Um, I knew Jacob from, uh, biology and, um, Noah had done a bit of acting before, but Jacob really had ne- never had. Um, and so he, I remember him being a little hesitant at first when I approached him with this, uh, project in mind. Um, but he really, really took to it, took to it pretty well. And I think he did a really solid performance. Um, uh, man, there's so much to talk about desert. Uh, so I, I guess I can guide the conversation yes. a little bit. Um, what was your crew like, or was it the one man crew? I was a one man crew. Really? Uh, I did have my, uh, uh, sister Carolyn Holt, uh, help me with a couple shots, help me with, um, sort of acting as a script supervisor, making sure I wasn't forgetting anything, uh, any, any certain scenes or lines. 
Um, Continuity. She, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. She was a great production assistant. Um, um, wow, you, I see you've demoted her from script supervisor to PA. She was. <laughs> she did it all, man. She did it all. Uh, but no, she she was great to have on set, and uh, she was also in the movie for a little, little for a little scene. Um, but for most of it, I was I, it was just me running around with my iPhone and this little mic, um, uh, which was a little stressful when it's just you. Um, but no, it, it was very fun. Um, yeah, yeah. So coming from that to a place like mm-hmm. uh, this wonderful institution that we're at, yes. where you have access to, we'll say quite a bit of stuff. Quite a bit of equipment. Um, yeah. How has that changed your view on Oof. how you shoot and things like that. Well, it's it's kind of daunting because now that you know you've got these professional cameras, you've got all this uh, incredible recording equipment. Um, you really have everything you need to make uh, real movies. It's uh, very exciting, but also for me at least, it's it's very daunting because I have no idea how any of this stuff works. I know how my iPhone works. I point it and just hit record. Um, but uh, it's 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 very just. Um, Exciting because, you know, here there's a whole community of people who love making movies. And so, you know, as an example, I worked on this one short uh, uh, senior thesis film for Kalen House called He's Here. I was the boom operator on that film. And um, being, on, being on set, we, you know, it was this like small group of people uh, where everyone had a role, everyone knew how to do it. And we were all just working in coordination with each other to, to make this movie. And um, it's something that I didn't really have too much on Desert in terms of the crew because the crew was really just me and Carolyn. Um, I did I did uh, have you know, my cast, which was great. There's like a little bit of camaraderie there, um, but I've never been able to um, uh, work co- work with others t- on a more production side of things, which uh, it's nice to have here. Yeah, so. You've worked on the crew. Yes. Um, I'm assuming more than just yeah. Um, whether you're heading a crew, yeah. Whether it's a one man crew, yeah. Um, and also dealing with cast members, yep. um, actors, mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, and I'm sure you're well aware, yeah. Uh, that food on set is a sticky <laughs> subject. Yes. Because you can never satisfy everybody. That's true. Uh, what's the one food that you think is safe? Ooh, to uh, have on set? Th- that's, it's, it's always good to have. Um, and, and one food that like a producer should never, ever, ever order again. Well, the, Because the, it gets just overused so much. That's a good question. I'd say the best food to have on set is the food that's free. And on He's Here... We were actually sponsored by a diner. They supplied us with these great breakfast sandwiches. I had like four of them, <laughs> um, which was very nice. They were Not hot. one sitting, right? Yeah. Oh, dude, totally. <laughs> uh, uh, but the worst food to have on set, oof, um, chili. Maybe. Really? Yeah, maybe chili. I don't know. Just because that'll probably give you many delays. Uh, I've heard pizza. Pizza? Really? Why just, pizza? Just because it gets... Every film set has yeah. it, yeah. and it's like eventually you just don't want it anymore. Oh, you just get like sick of sick of the za, yeah, the slices, yeah. But I don't know really how we, this panned out for you. We never. I mean, I'm always down for some pizza. I don't think. Can you get sick of pizza? 
I, I hope I never reach that point. Honestly, <laughs> that's a bad place to be in life if you get sick of pizza. Well, like these multi-day shoots yeah. and like every meal is pizza. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I, I would imagine it can get I, I, I a little sick. If every day is pizza, then yeah. yeah, you probably need to switch your menu. <laughs> but no, uh, I, I definitely – free food is always good. Free food, um, yeah. But also, also coffee. And here's the thing. On He's Here, we did not have too much coffee on set. I remember one morning it was so cold – and we were also tired because we'd waken up early and there was no coffee. We actually had to send two people to Pierce to go get like little cups of black coffee and Pierce bring it is back. the dining hall, by the way. Pierce is our dining hall. Um, they went over to Pierce and brought back, I think, three, four cups of coffee. And um, they just went like that. They were just gone. <laughs> I, I snuck one. I was able to grab one little cup and it was just like, like oh, yes, please. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I wish we had more coffee on set. That's like, I think that's pretty, pretty key. I, 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 I have this feeling that like yeah. filmmakers mm. and like crew members are just, they're nothing but machines that just take in coffee yeah. and pump out like exposures yeah. on, a film, yeah. on a piece of film. Like pretty that's, much, that's pretty all much. our job ever yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah, in, the input is coffee. The output is productivity. <laughs> right. That's kind of how I think I, we all work here in college. Um, <laughs> so definitely have that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, so your latest mm. film, yes. uh, Brecky. Yes, Brecky. What was your inspiration for that? Oh, boy. Um, so Brecky was uh, made for class, for intro, intro to film. We had to make a documentary about anything and this documentary could be real or it could be fictional and so uh i went the fictional route after considering for a long time going the non-fictional route Uh, initially i was going to uh interview um, a bunch of students who wake up before 7 30 and wait outside the doors of uh pierce uh of the servery which is like the actual place where you get the food um because here at Kenyon, breakfast, the doors open at 7.30. But there's many people who get up way before then and wait outside. Um, Be the first in the lines. Yes, they wait in line. It's, it's, they're crazy. Uh, they're bonkers. And I wanted to talk to a few of them, you know, ask them why they did this, uh, and hopefully gleam some interesting uh, uh, insight from these characters. But I realized that um, their actual answers would probably be very boring. Like... Oh, because I like breakfast, or because I have class at eight ten, and so uh, rather than have to deal with very boring answers, I sort of went the fictional route and made up my own answers. And so I ended up writing the script about an interview with a guy who was uh, extremely obsessed with breakfast, and um, I, uh, I a brekkie, uh, brekkie, if you will. yeah, brekkie, <laughs> um, which apparently is what like they call breakfast in Australia. Oh. I think. I think that's right. I kind of repurposed it <laughs> and used it as the term, as a noun for someone who just loves breakfast. Um, so all of our Australian listeners, don't get confused. Yes. All, all the Aussies <laughs> out there. Just to clarify. Uh, but uh, once this, I had a, the script was done, um, I uh, started to think about who I would cast in this. Because there there's two people. The first guy was me, who was the interviewer. And then there was the Brecky um, themselves. Um, who at the time was uh, named Hank, Hank Hansen. And uh, when I started to consider casting for this, um, 
I, my first thought, the first person I thought of was my roommate, uh, Jack Sutherland. Now, uh, Jack has done theater in the past, musical theater. He's done opera in the past. So I knew he, um, had a, had a performing background and I thought, you know what? Jack could probably do something interesting with this character. Uh, the problem was it was Thanksgiving break. I was in California and he was in Philadelphia. So we couldn't meet up to record uh, in person. What I had to do was call him and uh, we had to record the entire conversation um, uh, over a phone call. And I had this app called like uh, Teleline or something or Telecall, which uh, allowed me to record phone calls. Um, and uh, when I, so I gave Jack the script, he read it through, loved it, agreed to do it. And um, we, I think we did like maybe four or five takes of the entire script. Um, as we did it, we sort of talked about it. Jack made edits, um, which uh, I think made the script so much better, so much more um, just a tighter script. Because I think one thing that junior filmmakers yeah. tend to forget is yeah. like a script when it goes to production is not the final form of the script. Absolutely not. Um, uh, the rewrites that Jack and I did while performing this thing I mean, they were not the final rewrites. The final rewrite for me was editing. When I put this thing in Premiere Pro and thought, okay, how do I pull? How do I put this all together into a movie? Um, but uh, after recording, got the I got the sound files, and then the next stage was to throw it all in Audacity, which was some free editing audio editing software I, I I've used previously, and um, I just spliced together this like Frankenstein monster of an audio file. I think the, the final file was the, the culmination of, I want to say, three, four takes of Jack's lines, two takes of my lines. I um, uh, had to cut out, like, dead air. I moved ums and, and cut out, like, breaths taken. Uh, Again, it's all this work that goes on behind the scenes honestly, that you just dude, don't see. No, you don't see any of this stuff. It's, like, in the final product, you just hit the play button and, and enjoy it. Um, but editing that, the audio took so long. So long. So you did all the sound design. I did everything. Everything. Um, and it was tricky because when I was just working with the audio file, I didn't... I was kind of thinking about how this would work visually, but for all I, you know, was working with, it was just it was just audible sound. So I had to consider um, uh, timing of jokes. I had to consider uh, 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 where I would put, like, the end credits, where I would put, like, other sound effects. Um... And so that was kind of kind of tricky to think about while also just trying to cut down these lines into something coherent. Um, and this was all recorded on your phone. Yeah, yeah, it was actually, um, which was kind of nice because it, it gave the audio like a, a sort of a phone. It sounded like a phone call. And I think it, there's an interesting sound to that, um, especially if you're doing like an interview, you know. And I, I, there's all of these arguments for... Oh well, we should. We can just do it in post. We can just yeah. do it later. Oh, totally. But the idea of doing it practically, yeah, yeah, um, it was practical. It's just easier. Yeah, I mean, y- y- yeah. Granted, like, there's not that flexibility component. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. if I want to reuse that audio later, but like for something quick and dirty, like which what you're doing with Brecky, I think it worked fantastically. Yeah, yeah. I think it helped. Oh, it, it, the, just the feel of what it, what I was going for, um, and so. When that audio file was done, I just plopped it in Pro- Adobe Premiere Pro. And that was when the whole 
um, footage process started. And for Brecky, um, I thought uh, it would be cool if I just took a bunch of old clips from like the 50s and 60s of um, like PSAs and uh, 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 old TV commercials and just all this vintage retro footage and um, um, synced, it, synced it up to the audio file. And so uh, what Brecky turned up, it ended up being is just this weird sort of um, retro looking um, um, uh, uh, study of this, this man who is just so like cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs about breakfast. Um, I think the, the use of like retro footage gave it a very interesting aesthetic. Um, yeah. Yeah. And again, the sound design yeah, yeah. really added to that, that 50s. Oh, oh totally. Mood. Totally. It, what, if I used something so clean, like if I used my Yeti mic, for example, and just had met with Jack in person, recorded this, uh, this thing, I would, it would sound too clean. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, uh, recording it over a phone call gave it a certain grittiness that is very hard to replicate. Um, uh, I've seen people try to replicate that sort of that sort of staticky uh, sound before. It it there, it doesn't always turn out too good. Um, it's much, I, I mean, immediately there is a way. There are, there are definitely and ways. people do it. Yeah, but it doesn't it's hard mean to pull it's off. Easy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, totally. So you took the route of yeah. I want to not have to fuss with this. Absolutely. It was just it was easier. It sounded better. Um, it was just. Uh, uh, a much better option. And so um, once all the footage, the footage was synced up and uh, I threw in all the credits and the title cards and all that, um, Brecky was done and I submitted it. Uh, and um, uh, it, was, it was great. It was a great experience playing it in front of the entire class um, because, you know, I had been working with Brecky, I think, how long did Brecky take? Let's see. Started working on it, like start of uh, Thanksgiving break, we turned it in, I want to say, maybe a week or two after Thanksgiving break. So, so this is two weeks. I think maybe three three tops. Three, okay. four weeks tops. Yeah. Plus, Very short. Plus the writing process or including the writing process? I wrote it. Man, I think I did a lot of the writing um, on the plane ride back home. So writing a couple days, um, uh, phone call, like recording the audio. I think we did that in one day, but it was a couple hours of just doing multiple takes and then editing took so long, so long. I was editing on my laptop here back at Canyon way after Thanksgiving break, um, just continuously like making minor adjustments, uh, splicing together all these different takes, um, and then finding the, all, finding all the footage was a whole adventure in itself because I ha- I didn't I had to use um, uh, what was it called like Internet Archive I believe mm-hmm. which had all this old footage um, uh, available for free, and I just had to sort of think of like. Uh, like keywords I could use to find certain footage. So I typed in like breakfast commercial and cereal commercial um, and PSA and like health PSA. Um, some things that I thought would turn up interesting footage. And then I had to take that footage and then look like watch it and then maybe make notes about certain sections that I could use maybe. Uh, and then I had to take it and then cut it down and then put it in Premiere Pro and sync it up. A lot of editing, a lot of editing. Um, but when it was done, and I submitted it, and we played it in class, it was so great to have people watch it and have people laugh. That's the big thing for me. People actually laughed and smiled at this thing. Yeah, yeah. Because for so long, I, I, think, I don't think I showed anyone. I think I showed three or four people. 
um, it before, like it was shown from the whole big audience. Before it was uh, premiered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and uh, no, it's it, it's a great experience. Um, it was just so gratifying to have this thing that had been sort of cooking for so long, to have it out there, you know, have people see it and enjoy it. And um, it was a total blast. So, yeah, brekkie. Brecky. Brecky. It's, uh, if it's, it, it really is another side of filmmaking mm-hmm. that, like, it's okay to take other people's stuff. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, and repurposing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, again, your method of, and, like, yeah, it's a, it's using stock footage, mm-hmm. but if you use stock footage in the right way, oh, like, yeah. it can work really totally, well. Totally. And, I mean, Brecky consists of, like, 99% stock footage. But um, there is like, I want to say three, four seconds of footage that I had to make myself um, because at, at one point, um, uh, the brekkie, Hank, has one line where he mentions hash browns. And for the life of me, I could not find anything about hash browns. I was looking for like like vintage TV commercials about hash browns or maybe some old movie footage about hash browns or like even a print ad about hash browns. I found nothing. nothing. Zilch, nada, nothing about hash browns. And so I, what I had to do because I had this like this gap of like four or five seconds. I uh, found a photo of hash browns from like uh, taken at IHOP, took that photo, put it in iMovie on my Mac and I just um, made a whole bunch of frames like, I had to do this frame by frame. I put, like, a black and white filter over it, gave it, like, a grainy look to it. And uh, in each frame, I just made it, I slightly adjusted the position of the image where um, if you played it, it looked like that old-timey footage, which was kind of, like, rickety and rackety. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a process session. It was a process. <laughs> and the, the final result, admittedly, is not the best. Uh, it definitely sticks out a little bit. Well, I mean, like, it, for... What is it? Two or three? three? It's very short. It's very right. short. But it definitely leaves an impression, uh, at least on the people that I've that I've shown it to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's still a bit of an inside joke. So you, like pretty much every other content creator, yes. you get your inspiration from somewhere. Oh, yeah. Um, where is your inspiration? Is it a movie? Is it a TV show? Is it a YouTube channel even? I think my inspiration really comes from... I'm a very... Uh, comedic person. So I like, in terms of like my writing style, I think I'm inspired largely by, um, uh, for example, uh, certain poets um, who are known for their comedy, their humor. So Ogden Nash, Billy Collins, um, uh, 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 writers who um, have this this wit that I like to infuse in all my writing. Because um, across all my writing, you know, both scripts, poems, short stories, everything... Um, I, it needs to be amusing to me. I need to think it's funny. It needs to make me chuckle. Um, so on the writing sense, on the right side of things, that's where I sort of get my inspiration from. In terms of like visuals and film, I mean, I, I like being uh, uh, sort of amazed and like shocked and like odd. Uh, and so, you know, filmmakers like, I hate to say this, but Zack Snyder, you know, not the most popular filmmaker out there, but visually... <laughs> you don't say. Yeah, yeah, no. But visually, he's so captivating, so compelling. Um, oh, man, who else? Uh, Denny Villeneuve, um, he was a big inspiration for Desert. Um, uh, oh, man. Michael Bay, Yeah, 
Uh, I don't know about Michael Bay. He's a little too much. <laughs> I, I try to reel myself back. In a oh, well, so you're you're saying Zack Snyder, yay? Zack Snyder, yeah. But Michael Bay, Michael Bay, nay. Uh, Michael Bay is just just explosions. Zack Snyder at least has like slow motion. I don't know. I, don't know. I guess they both have slow motion. I suppose. But I don't know. Zack Snyder is just it's more clean. I think it's more slick. Like I don't know, Watchmen, for example. Yeah, that that does make sense. Though. Yeah. In, Michael Bay, in a Michael Bay movie like Transformers, you just don't know what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Like half the time, you're like, "Oh, flashing lights and metal and moving parts and fire and fire explosions and explosions and, and people without their shirts." Uh, <laughs> yeah, but you know, um, yeah, yeah. I think those are just a couple of my inspirations. Uh, yeah. So where can the people find you on the internet? Oh boy, great question. Well, if you want to see any of my short films, if you want to see Brecky or Desert or uh, Chess or my first one, um, what was it called? Saved by the... Saved. No. Was it Saved by the Beep? What's my first movie called? Oh, I can't remember. Whatever it's called, it's on there. Uh, you can find it at gswift33 on YouTube. Um, if you want to find me on Instagram, I think I'm also at gswift33. Uh, Twitter, I think I'm at gswift33. Uh, what else am I on? Facebook. If you want to find me on Facebook, you can try to friend me. I may friend you back. No promises. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. And of course, if you, uh, Kenyan people out there, if you see me walking around campus, please say hi. Say hello. You know, I'm, I'm a very friendly guy. Um, he probably won't bite your head off. Probably. No promises. Again. Uh, I'm also on some mugs. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I see one. Is that one right there? It is, yeah, yes. That's well, I'm, I'm drinking coffee out of... Those are fantastic. ...one of his uh, uh, 40 But Fabulous mugs. Oh, dude, they're so good, honestly. So, yeah, I'm the guy in the mugs. <laughs> that basically sums up my life. <laughs> the guy in the yeah, mugs. Yeah, somebody, when somebody stalked me on this, uh, Instagram, took my no. picture and put it on the mug. Yeah, yeah. That's I think that's what I'll be known for long after I'm yeah, gone. Yep. You know? Like, rest in... Here, my gravestone. Here lies Grant. Mug man. Guy in the mugs. Grant. Mugman. Mugman. Holds. That's me. That's me. Well, thanks so much, Grant. Yeah, before of we, course. Before we go, I'd like to tell you that Patch Cable's production of Angry Possum Productions. Our theme music was written by Kyle Cropper, and the engineer, director, and producer is yours truly. Patch Cable will be back in two weeks, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor.fm, and SoundCloud. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.